Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. All this week, we've been talking about the subject of fear. I want to cover some more about that. There's two types of fear. There's healthy fear and and unhealthy fear. A healthy fear is something that causes us to fear God or fear things that might harm us. Although God doesn't harm us, but he can judge us when we fall into sin and just like a parent, a parent brings discipline, and we're fearful of the consequences of disobedience. God just doesn't want us to fear him for when we do wrong. He wants us to also grow to that point in our relationship that we fear that we might displease him, break his heart. And when you get to that point in your relationship with God and you realize, I, I, I want the Lord's pleasure in my life, and I would fear the fact that I would break his heart by not being the child of God that I want to be and desire to be. My friend, when you get to that point in your Christian walk, you have grown into maturity. Doesn't mean you've arrived yet because we've got a long ways to go. But that's the kind of fear that God really truly desires in our life. And I pray that we will become a nation that once again will fear God. In a moment, I want to talk to you about an unhealthy fear that is going on a lot in the lives of Christians. Before I get into that, let me make an announcement for those of you that are in Washington, those of you listening on CARI, on K-A-R-I, our home station. I'm going to be back in the area this weekend. In fact, actually, I'm pre-recording, and as you're listening to this, I'm flying into Seattle right now, and, and I'm going to be here all week. My wife will be with me as well, and so I'm looking forward to getting to see some of our friends in Bellingham. And I'm going to be speaking Sunday night at the Bellingham Baptist Church. Services will start at 6 o'clock. And it's actually their friend day at the church. And so would you come and be my friend this Sunday night at 6 p.m. if your church isn't worshiping? And if you're able to come and be with us, I look forward to seeing you and being with you. And maybe afterwards, if you're able, We'll go out and get a bite to eat and fellowship some. And so that's this Sunday night at the Bellingham Baptist Church, 2501 Orleans Street. There's a fear out there that a lot of Christians have fallen into. They're afraid to trust God with their life. They know God wants them to serve him. You kind of feel that God might be calling you to surrender your life to full-time Christian service, to be a pastor or a missionary, or a full-time Christian worker in some area, but you, you haven't yet given in to God because you're afraid. You're afraid about God not being able to meet your needs, supply your financial need. After all, you've got a great job. You've been pursuing your career and although you love God and you want to serve the Lord, you also love your career and you love your job and, you, and you're worried, you know, well, what about my family? What will my wife say? What will my parents say? What will a significant other say? And after all, you've got an obligation to provide for your family and provide and keep them safe. 
and you're feeling, well, I can't just quit my job. I can't, you know, if I'm going to be a preacher, I, you know, it means I'm going to go to Bible college, and I don't know if I could trust God to, you know, meet my needs and to, you know, with the commitments I've gotten. In fact, sadly, some of us Christians, we've made so many foolish commitments financially to debt, it almost keeps us from serving God because of our debt and our fear of how God's going to meet those needs. I can't do what God wants me to do. My wife, when she was younger, I remember her saying this uh, to me some years back when her dad had told the family that uh, he felt that the Lord was calling him to be a missionary. She thought, oh my goodness, I'm gonna, now we're going to be poor. I'm going to have holes in my clothes and, and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes we have these visions that if we're going to serve God, we're going to, we're going to suffer. Let me read you Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. If you put your trust in the Lord, he'll provide. There's an old adage and it's true. Where God guides, he provides. You know how true that is. If God is guiding you into an area of service, then trust him. He will provide. I have, of course, now I grew up in a Christian home. My folks were missionaries. We were faith missionaries. And what does that mean? It meant that my, my folks lived completely by faith, that God, through the generosity and the giving of God's people, would provide for them to carry out the preaching ministry, the missionary ministry, to go overseas, that, that, that God would provide for their needs. And I'm here to tell you that God has provided. I, I grew up in that environment where we lived by faith. Now, that made it easier for me because I saw it exhibited, and I learned early in my Christian life of giving and trusting God to provide. And it takes a measure of faith. I mean, it, it takes faith to live, to wonder, how, how can I live on 90% of my income and give 10% to God when I feel like I don't even the 100% isn't enough? And what's interesting is that if you give and you start trusting the Lord and seeing him provide for you, and you begin to see that he does provide, he does stretch that 90 beyond than you ever imagined. And then you go into exercising faith greater and greater and greater, and God still provides. Where he guides, he provides. However, we live in a day where so many Christians are even afraid just to go to church. Well, what if I get sick in church? Haven't you heard that there's an epidemic going on around today? Adrian Rogers said so wisely, if your faith will not get you to church on Sunday, I doubt it will get you to heaven. <laughs> Many people out there just don't even have the faith to get to church. Fear. Being afraid. Well, 
How can God keep me safe in this environment? Uh, I've got news for you. Before you were born, there was already an appointment for your death. God, your days have been numbered from the very beginning. And God knew what would be the cause of your death. And if it is the cause of an epidemic, there's nothing you're going to do to prevent God from carrying out. Death will find its way. Our life is but a vapor. And, I, and, I'm, and it worries me that so many Christians in our country today here in America are so afraid, living fearfully. And we've seen this issue going on for many, many years. The Christian missionary force in our, in our country is, has been diminishing for decades. And the sad thing is, is that, that a great number of our missionaries are getting older and older and older, and they're dying, and they're retiring because they can no longer continue. And they've gone long beyond what their health could give them because there's so few to carry out the work. Although this story has a tragedy about it, it was so inspirational to me in my childhood. I remember hearing the story of the five missionaries, the men, that went down into Ecuador to reach the Aka Indians, we didn't know them as the Wadanis yet, uh, but the Aka Indians is what we knew them, the, um, meaning the warriors or the savages. And uh, they were such a savage people. No one, no white person had ever met them and came out alive. Well, Jim Elliott, Nat Saint, Ed McCulley, Peter Fleming, and Roger Eudorian uh, teamed together and made plans. They made contact uh, that they found uh, where they were located there in the jungles there. And they began to set up a camp there, uh, what they called uh, Palm Beach there, this little beachhead there along the river. And uh, January the 6th in 1956, they made fir the first contact with some of the Wadani Indians. They had, uh, before then, they had, you know, sent down stuff from the airplane and made some kind of visual contact. But this is the first time that they actually face-to-face -face met with them. Well, then some things happened over the next uh, couple of days there. And on the 8th, something had spooked the Indians there. We now know what's more there, but at the time we didn't. Uh, and they were attacked. And all five of those men lost their lives there. At the time, my dad was not saved. And he heard the story because the news spread, you know, throughout the press here in the United States of these five men who, in their youth and their young life, had lost their life. And my dad, remember hearing the story, as a girl who was weeping in school, uh, told what had happened. And he thought, what a waste. What a waste. I mean, these men had just thrown away their lives. Well, I'm here to tell you that God even took that great tragedy and turned it into an amazing blessing. Your life, my life, whether it is in my, in, in my life to live or my life to die, if it can bring glory to God, then I would have fulfilled God's purpose for my life. Are you living for yourself or are you living for God's glory? A man who lives for self will live with fears 
live with worry and anxiety, always trying to make sure that everything is provided for and they're doing it in their own power. If you're living for self, you're going to have fear and you're going to have worry and you're probably not going to have a joyful life. But if you live for God's glory, then you don't have to live in fear. Because whatever God brings your way, it was to give God glory. Whether it's in persecution, whether it's in hardship, whether it's in good times, may God be glorified in our lives. The wives, two of the wives, went in a year later or months later back into the same village of the very people that killed their husbands. And as a result of their faith in following the Lord, these villagers, these people, savages, came to know the true God of the book. I was in a conference a few years back where Steve Saint, the boy of, of Nate Saint, uh, who died there on the beach there, Steve knew that the, boy, that the men had guns, and he asked his dad, because they were all worried, you know, of the danger, and he asked his dad, Dad, uh, are, would you use your guns to shoot to protect yourself? And, and Nate said this, and I'll never forget it, as Steve told this to us at the conference. He said, Son, we can't shoot these people. You see, son, we're ready for heaven. If we are to die, we're ready for heaven, but these people are not ready. We can't shoot them. And I'm here to say that a life willing to lay down their life for love of another is the greatest love that mankind could ever display. And one who lives their life that way, they're not living in fear. They're living in faith. How are you living?